Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A trip to the park turns chaotic. A student traumatized. A man with a plan to do harm. And a bizarre scene at a campsite. Headphones recommended. Listener discretion advised. Good evening and welcome back everyone. I'm your host Chad. This week, I'm bringing you four true terrifying tales straight from Reddit that are sure to give you the chills. So brace yourself. This is Disturbed. We roll on through November, and we've been growing. A special welcome to all of our new listeners and subscribers from quite literally all over the world. And thanks to everyone who has shared and recommended the podcast. One quick programming note. We're off next week for Thanksgiving. Our next episode will be out December 3rd. Unless you're in the Patreon fan club. Those listeners will be getting a bonus episode in the coming days. So make sure you stay tuned after the last story for the premiere first look of that bonus episode, Disturbing Calls 5. Tonight, our first experience was meant to be a harmless trip to the park. But as you'll find out, things didn't go as planned. This experience comes courtesy of Reddit user The Spork. Performing this story is Tom Aglio. So this happened a year ago, and I'm still pretty shaken by this whole event. I thought I'd tell my story. I live in the UK, and in autumn, it gets dark at around 4 p.m., There was a school autumn break that week, so all the kids were at home. So that means my girlfriend's brother was home too. I'd been with her for a year at this point, so her family knew me pretty well, and her brother enjoyed my company. She'd recently been pretty stressed out. Her parents were going out across the country for the day, so she had to look after her brother. But I thought that I'd give her a day to herself so she can just cool off. I asked her parents if I could look after their son for the day instead, and they agreed. So I came around at 8am and they let me in before they set off. My girlfriend's brother woke up about an hour later and she followed shortly afterwards. We went out for breakfast at a local cafe together and went back to her house when we were done. And once I dropped her off, I took her brother to the park. 
We got there at about 2 p.m., and the place was pretty packed. Eventually, the sun started going down, and the place was completely empty by 4 p.m. I texted my girlfriend and told her we'd be home in a bit, and she said okay. I'm going to be honest, I completely lost track of time. Me and her brother were having fun being the only two in the park. Me and her brother were stood on top of this really tall climbing frame with a slide on it. It was almost pitch black at this point, so I was using my phone as a flashlight. A notification popped up on my screen, and it was my girlfriend asking where we were. I responded, oops, coming home now, and told her brother we had to go. He sighed and asked if we could go down the slide, and I said yes. Before I went down, I knew what the park looked like. There were streetlights all around it, benches everywhere, some trees, and places for the kids to play. When I came out of the slide, there was something weird. A man had appeared out of nowhere and was stood beneath one of the streetlights. He had a trench coat on and a beanie hat. I immediately got my girlfriend's brother behind me and called out to the man with a friendly hi there. I got a response. He started groaning? I noticed he was swaying back and forth in the light, and he had his mouth open, drooling with a blank look in his eyes. This man made me feel really fucking uneasy. I picked little bro up and kept checking on this guy the entire time. There was an exit to my left that led to the path back home, so I left out that way and kept checking behind me every few seconds. The guy was still stood there. The path where the guy was stood merges with the big main path if you walk out through some bushes, and so does the one I walked through. I was walking down the path for about two minutes, practically checking behind me, and I thought I was in the clear. I wasn't. I was on a straight stretch of path with lots of streetlights when I saw him again. He was stood beneath one, looking up at it, and he was playing with something in his hands. I looked closer and realized it was a fucking knife. I kept walking and walking, checking behind me constantly. Girlfriend's little brother was so scared, he had his head tucked into my chest. I noticed that the guy seemed to be moving to new streetlights whenever I turned around. Initially, I thought it was my eyes playing tricks on me, but I started counting them and realized two streetlights behind him had definitely turned into five. I could faintly hear the groaning noise and he was occasionally moaning as well. I picked up the pace a bit and turned a corner, getting into the last stretch of street before I got to my girlfriend's house. That was when I heard him behind the row of bushes. That moaning noise sounded angry and I heard his heavy footsteps bounding down the path. The man was fucking running. I immediately broke into a sprint and didn't stop until I turned an alleyway at the front of the street and got behind my girlfriend's house. There's a big bush there, so I crouched down behind that and spammed her phone with messages to open the back gate. I hugged her brother close until she opened it for us and got us in quickly. It felt like years. I went to the front of the house and had it confirmed that I'd managed to shake him. He was now in the street circling where I'd been outside of the alleyway just moments ago. He was still moaning. He had that knife in his hand still. He started kicking people's bins over. I called the police immediately, but he was gone by the time they arrived, and as far as I know, they never found him. There was a similar incident near the area a few months ago I saw on a local Facebook group, but I don't think anything came of that either. Her parents thanked me for keeping their son safe and didn't hold any ill will against me for the situation. He went back to normal pretty much the day afterwards, but he still has nightmares about the event. When my country isn't in lockdown, I'm still allowed to look after him with my girlfriend funnily enough. We haven't been to that park ever since, and I still check over my shoulder and break into a cold sweat every time I'm alone in the street.
Now, let's shout out our brand new Patreon fan club members. Mitch Garrods, Krista, and Tammy DC. Thanks everyone for joining the Patreon fan club and supporting the show. All of them are now enjoying an ad-free listening experience, early access, and our bonus series of disturbing calls. Four bonus episodes are available to binge right now, with a brand new one dropping in the coming days. If you're curious what else is included for Patreon members, or you want those bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast to start receiving your benefits today. Again, that's patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast, or find the link at the bottom of the show notes. High school brings together kids from all walks of life, and sometimes you're forced into extremely uncomfortable situations. Our next experience comes from Reddit user SunshineBambi1. Performing this story is our newest guest narrator, Jennifer Smith. graduated from high school about 10 years ago. In my freshman year of high school, I was well-known and had lots of friends. I was very friendly, and every time I saw someone alone, I would greet them, offer them my friendship. Sometime during the year in my math class, we had a new guy. We'll call him Jose. Jose had recently moved to the U.S. from Mexico. He hardly knew any English. Me being Hispanic, I was able to speak to him in Spanish and make him feel welcome. Jose had no friends and always sat by himself. In that math class, I started helping Jose out a lot. He sat behind me and would always play with my hair. Not actually my head, but my hair so I could hardly feel it. I sort of felt like he had a crush on me, and he was not bad looking, so I didn't look at it as a big deal. For two or three months, he played with my hair. It became a norm. He said he really liked my hair. Towards the end of those months, he said he wanted to play a game, and he asked me to write the things I loved the most in life. He would do the same, and we both shared papers. Of course, I wrote down my family, God, friends, and a whole bunch of other things. When I gave him back the list, he wanted specific names, and said he would do the same. I ended up writing my friends' and family's names. One day, we were just hanging out in class, and Jose said, Can I show you something? But you can't tell anyone, or else you're going to have to pay for it. I was so confused. I thought maybe he would ask me out. Jose pulled out a Ziploc bag, and I couldn't really tell what was in the bag. It wasn't until he placed it on the table, I noticed it was a Ziploc bag full of hair. My hair, he said. Jose pulled up his sleeve and showed his arm. He had about 10 healed knife scars, lines made with the blade of the knife, and went down his arm. There was a fresh knife wound, and he grabbed the bag of my hairs and placed it on the freshly opened wound from the night before and said, you are mine now. I know who you love, what you love. If you don't do as I say, you will pay for everything. These are all of the scars, and these are the souls that I own. Anything and everything that happens from now on, think of me. My heart sank. He started smirking, 
I ran out of the class crying and ran to the office. Everyone was so confused. I asked to speak to my counselor immediately. I explained what happened. Jose was pulled out of class, taken to the principal's office, and was expelled that day. I feared for my life. They found all these notes of other people in his backpack, and mine was in there. They saw the scars and found the bag of my hair. I never heard of Jose again. I've had some pretty fucked up shit happen in my life after that. I always thought of Jose. I haven't talked about this in years. I'm afraid that if I mention this, he will hear me, and more bad is to follow. I got so close with God, closer than ever. Till this day, I don't know if Jose was just messing with me, but I will tell you that after that encounter, I am no longer the super friendly and open-hearted person that I once was. A car is broken down on the side of the road. The driver needs help. And you need to decide how to handle the situation. In our next experience by Reddit user BabyCake818, the decision was made rather quickly. Performing this story is Caroline Sweet. happened to me when I was about 12 or 13 years old, so about 15 years ago. And I am female. The town that I live in has developed a lot since this story. But when this happened, there was a lot of factories spread out, with lots of land in between them. There was a Walmart being built in the area, but it had barely started construction. There was a main highway that ran through there, but my mom didn't like taking it as much as traffic would get bad most of the time. The side streets we would take were desolate and not much light. There was also little to no cars taking these streets. I can't remember where we were coming from that night, but in the car that night was my mom, my brother, who is three years younger than me, and me. My mom is obviously driving. I'm in the passenger seat, and my brother is sitting behind me. My mom is the sweetest person ever, but is very adamant that she will never stop to help somebody on the side of the road or pick anybody up, especially when her kids were in the car. She does, however, make sure she calls the police so that they can help. It was around 9 p.m. when we were going home when my mom and I spot someone on the side of the road by the passenger side with their hood up. Nothing out of the ordinary, as my mom slows down a little since it's dark outside and doesn't want to harm anybody that might be fixing their car. As soon as we are close to the car, this guy steps out from around the hood of the car towards the street and is waving us down. I don't remember much of a description because I wasn't paying too much attention. Plus, I could barely see the man. But I do remember feeling bad we weren't at least going to stop to see what he needed. The man at this point is in the middle of the road waving his hands. But as we come up on the car, we don't see anybody else in the car. So my mom swerves around him and tells my brother to find her phone in her purse that was on the floor between the front and the back seats. I look at my mom as she looks in her rearview mirror and her face goes white and her eyes get wide. 
my mom slams her foot on the accelerator. This is highly unusual for my mom, as she is really good at going the speed limit. At this point, I know something is wrong. My mom's voice goes high and in a panicked voice is asking my brother, where is her phone? I'm yelling at her, what is going on? All this chaos is freaking my brother out. And with him being so little, is crying and can't find the phone. My mom keeps her eyes on the road, but keeps glancing up continuously at her rear view mirror and finally answers, he's following us. I'm not exactly sure what she is talking about, but I know this isn't a good situation. My mom is speeding towards the highway and thank goodness there is no traffic. I look in the back window and see somebody passing cars trying to keep up with my mom. I ask her where she's going and she told me she's heading towards the police station. As we are getting close, my mom tells me to jump out of the car as soon as she stops and grab my brother from the back seat while she runs around the car to meet us. My mom stops right in front of the police station and doesn't even wait for the car to fully come to a stop before she puts the car in park. I open my car door as fast as I can and grab my brother, who has quickly opened his door. I take off in a full sprint with my brother in one hand and my mom on the other hand. Once we finally talk to a police officer is when I finally understand the full extent of what happened. My mom told the police officer that once we had passed the guy with a broken down car, he quickly ran to the hood of his car and slammed it. He then got into his car and sped after us. That was when my mom knew this guy had horrible intentions for us. She said he kept trying to speed up to get on the side of us, but she was able to speed up to avoid that. Once my mom turned toward the police station, she said the guy had stopped following her, but still wanted to get to the police station. Instead, he changed his mind. She gave the best description of the guy and his car, but because everything happened so fast, she didn't get a license plate number. I'm pretty sure the police never found him. I'm also not sure what the guy had planned for us, if we had actually stopped to help, but I know it was nothing good. To the guy that faked his car being broke down on an empty street, let's never meet again. And here we are, approaching the tail end of this week's episode. But we're not done yet. Stick around after this brief sponsor break to hear our final terrifying tale of the evening. This episode of Disturbed was made possible by Clutch Card. Clutch is a new credit card revolutionizing how you earn and spend points. If you feel you're not maximizing your credit card points, you are not alone. Clutch created a tailored credit card that gives you rewards that are effortless, relevant, and flexible. Right now, 
Clutch is offering Disturbed listeners a special invitation code to get on their waitlist by using the code POD at clutchcard.com. That's code POD, P-O-D, at K-L-U-T-C-H-C-A-R-D.com. Choose your own categories and earn more points with Clutch. And finally, this episode was made possible by BetterHelp. We discuss some seriously disturbing things on this podcast. That's why we've partnered with BetterHelp. Are you feeling stressed, anxious, overwhelmed? BetterHelp Online Counseling can help. They'll assess your needs and match you with a licensed therapist. Connect in a safe, private, online environment. It's convenient, affordable, and you'll be matched with a counselor within 24 hours. You'll have access to video sessions, phone calls, live chat, and messaging. Every counselor on BetterHelp is licensed by the respective state and has over 3,000 hours of experience. BetterHelp counselors address depression, relationship issues, family conflict, and more. Right now, they're offering disturbed listeners a special discount. Visit betterhelp.com disturbed and use code disturbed at checkout to receive 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com disturbed and join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Listen to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. It's a fun show about weird stuff. New episodes every Wednesday, yeah, eggheads. I'm Art. And I'm Andy. And Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time is a podcast about conspiracies, the paranormal, UFOs, unsolved mysteries. We're going to be discussing the Kennedy assassinations. Oh, yeah, that's his nickname, finger-banging Bob Lazar. Give me some aliens with some good frickin' spacecraft. The whole enchilada. <laughs> the only thing bigger than Bigfoot's feet are our egos. If you like simulation theory, ancient history, egghead science, and Mandela effect, that kind of stuff. So check it out. New episodes every Wednesday. All the links you need on MrBunkersConspiracyTime.com. And we'll see you in the bunker. And with that, we've reached our final experience. It seems like almost every week now, we're hearing about very unsettling or bizarre camping trips. That was exactly the case for Reddit user Coca's Mom. Performing this story is Addison Peacock. Something bad happened while I was camping. 
I'm just not sure what. I'm not sure if I'm in the right place, but I've held this story in for the last six years because it sounds crazy and I got told not to talk about it. I went camping six years ago with a now ex-boyfriend of mine. The campsite we picked was beautiful. We were able to drive in through some rough trails. The spot we picked was next to some hiking trails that weren't very far from some natural hot springs and a huge waterfall. We were in the middle of nowhere. Absolutely no one was around. We set up camp next to the car, went hiking, soaked in the hot springs, came back, and had dinner. It was all very normal, until we woke up the next day. I need to give some context as to how we slept that night so you can understand my confusion. Before we went to sleep, I put our food cooler and a stereo that we brought in the car and locked it. I put the keys in the front pocket of my backpack and put the backpack next to my sleeping bag on the far side of the tent, away from the door of the tent. My boyfriend at the time slept nearest to the door of the tent with a gun next to him. We woke up the next morning and I felt fine. I had slept hard and from inside the tent everything seemed normal. When we got out, our campsite was absolute chaos. The fire pit we had made was ruined. The cooler had been thrown and food was scattered all over the place. The stereo was smashed to pieces laying next to a tree. All of the car doors were open, including the trunk. We stood there for a minute in silence, just taking everything in. The woods felt off now. It was quiet and not the beautiful campsite that I saw yesterday. Everything about those woods felt wrong now. My ex accused me of not locking the car the night before, and then an animal got in our stuff. I promised that I had locked it, and went into the tent to grab the keys from my backpack. But they weren't there. I found them later on the ground, right next to the car. We quickly threw everything in the trunk and left. My boyfriend was quiet. I wouldn't talk to me about what had just happened. He finally spoke up when we were almost home and told me that he had had a dream the night before, about something kneeling over him in the tent, holding his gun, and just staring at him. When I tried to ask him more questions, he got quiet again and said he didn't want to talk about it and that I shouldn't talk about it anymore either. I've tried to forget about it, but I just can't. Something really wrong happened to us in the woods that night. And now, the premiere first look at Disturbing Calls, Episode 5. I need help. My wife's bleeding on the garage floor. Now somebody just came in and shot my daughter and my husband. Two of my kids are dead. Oh my God. Oh my God. Can't be wake up. Please, mom, please. She's bleeding out of her mouth. Please. How old is your daughter? She's 10. 10? And my other son was laid out on the floor with his brains laid out on the floor. She's still breathing. Where, where were they shot? In the head. In the head. She left my baby dead. I can give you instructions, but I need you to stay with me, okay? I can't even move. I've been shot myself. Did she blink or anything or move her eyes or anything? 
No, they're open, but they're not moving. Oh my god, I can't believe I killed myself. Are they still there, the people who are there that shot him? They're coming back in. They're coming back in. This episode of Disturbing Calls will be available exclusively to Patreon fan club members on Monday, November 23rd. Four additional bonus episodes are available right now. If you want access to this bonus series, plus much more, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast. You won't want to miss it. This episode of Disturbed was mixed and produced by yours truly. And that electrifying, spine-tingling score you heard is courtesy of White Bat Audio, Co.ag, and Kevin Hartnell. Special thanks to all the contributing narrators and submitters of these stories. You'll find all the relevant links in the show notes. Thanks for listening. We're off next week for Thanksgiving. But we'll be back December 3rd with a brand new episode. Stay safe out there, y'all.